Hello everyone and welcome back to Reading by Flashlight. This is season six. This is episode two of Around the World in 80 Days by Jules Verne. And this episode we'll be going over chapters six through 10. So chapter six is titled Detective Fix Trails a Bank Robber. So it's 11 o'clock, it's October 9th, and the English steamer called the Mongolia is due to come and the detective, Detective Fix, is waiting nervously on the deck of it. And so one of the English councils, or the government representative, he's saying, how are you going to recognize a robber, even if he is on board? You know, from the way the police have described him, he looks like a pretty honest, average guy. And so Detective Fix says, don't worry, I've arrested plenty of robbers. I'll know it when I see it, and he's not going to get away. So he says, well, I hope you're right. And so Fix says, the robber would be foolish to travel on to India, wouldn't he? And so the consul, he says, well, maybe not, because if he's smart, he'll go to India because he wouldn't expect the police to follow him there. So the Mongolia arrives right on time, and one of these passengers approaches Fix to ask where the consul's office was, because the consul was supposed to stamp his passport or his travel book with the visa to show that he had stopped there. So Fix looks at the passport, and inside there's a picture that matches exactly the description of the robber he's supposed to be looking for. So he's like, is this your passport? That's what the detective says. And so this man, who is actually Gene, uh, Fogg's servant, servant, whatever you, is that what he is, a servant, a housekeeper, whatever? He's like, no, it belongs to my master. So Fix says, well, he has to appear before the council in person to get the visa. And he's saying this so that he can get Fogg, who he believes to be the robber, in person. Chapter 7 is titled, A Visit to Suez. So the detective is shouting. He says, I think I've got my man. And he says this as he bursts into the council's office. And so the council, he says, that may be so, Mr. Fix, but I don't think that he's just going to walk in here and come see me. A robber doesn't just let people know where he is. And besides, the passport that he needs doesn't really have to be stamped with a visa at Suez. So Fix is saying, but if he comes, don't give it to him. So, you know, that way he can catch him. But the council says, I can't refuse the visa. Arresting him is your problem, not mine. I'm not going to do anything to prevent him from coming because that's what you're here for. And so a knock sounds on the door, and a man enters, and he's requesting a visa. So the consul looks at his passport, and he says, so you're Phileas Fogg? And he says, yes, sir, that's me. And so he says, who is this man with you? And so he's like, well, that's my servant. He says, where are you going? I'm going to Bombay, India. And he says, well, you don't need a visa. He says, well, I know that, but I want to prove that I passed through Suez. So he stamps the passport never even guesses that Fogg needed the visa to prove to his friends that he had won his bet. Honestly, that's what he is needing this for. So Phileas returns to the steamer, takes out his diary. He notes his arrival after traveling through England, France, and Italy, and it only took six and a half of Fogg's 80 days were used up. So he was exactly on schedule. And so never bothering to even see the sights that were in Suez, he just closes his date book and sets down for breakfast because he was always much more concerned about the time than the place. Chapter eight is called Passepartout Talks Too Much to Fix. 
So Paz Partu is Jean's last name, and I don't really think I've said that before just because I'm afraid of mispronouncing it. So hopefully that's how you pronounce it because it's a French name. So I'm just going to say Paz Partu. I think that's how you're supposed to say it. So someone correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's how you say it. But that's why I've been saying Jean instead of Paz Partu. But anyway, chapter eight. So Detective Fix is talking to Passepartout, probably trying to figure out what they're doing here. Is this man really an acquaintance to the robber? So he's like, well, how do you like it here so far? And he's like, well, we're traveling so fast, I hardly can remember like where we are. And so he says, well, this is Suez, a city in Egypt. So Passepartout says, that means we're on the continent of Africa. I never thought that my master and I would have traveled farther than Paris. I would have loved to stay in Paris, but we are just whizzing through places so fast. And so Fix is saying, well, you must be in a great hurry. So Passepartout says, well, I'm not, but my master is. You know, we didn't even pack suitcases, only a carpet bag. And I have to buy some clothes here for myself. So Fix is surprised about this and excited by these remarks. Because, you know, it's kind of setting him up to think, oh, yeah, this is a cr the criminal. Just because of how fast they left and how everything is falling into place. So he assures the servant that there was plenty of time to go to the store. And so he says, it's only 12 o'clock. It's only eight minutes before 10 o'clock. So Fix says, your watch is slow. And she says, that's impossible. He says, and it has to be set for London time, which is two hours behind that of Suez. You have to reset your watch when you travel to other countries. So he's saying, so you left London in a hurry? He says, you bet we did last Friday night at eight o'clock. My master came home and less than an hour later, we were gone. He says, but where is your master going? He says, well, he's going around the world in 80 days. He says that he made a bet that he could do it, but that's too crazy to believe. Something else must be afoot. So he's playing right into this dude's hand because he doesn't know everything about the situation. Uh, the past part two doesn't. So the fact that he doesn't know all the information is kind of like what is giving uh, Detective Fix evidence but it's not really evidence so he's like so mr fogg's a strange man he says very strange well is he rich and he says well he must be because he's carrying loads of brand new banknotes with him and he offered the captain of mongolia a reward if he gets us to india ahead of schedule by the way is bombay far from here so flick fix is like yeah it's just a 10-day trip by sea <laughs> so he's he's giving him everything that's funny and so passport to is like my gas burner is going to be on for a long time. My gas bill will be higher than the wages my master pays me. So Fix wasn't listening at this point anymore. He dashed straight to the consul's office and he's like, I have found the robber for sure. He's pretending to be traveling around the world on a bet with some friends. He bet that he could make the journey in 80 days. So the consul's like, well, he's a smart fellow. He'll throw the police off his tracks and then return to London. So Fix decided to follow Fogg to Bombay. So he sent a telegraph to London asking the police to send the arrest warrant to India. Then he boarded the steamer Mongolia for the Suez to Bombay run. Chapter 9 is titled On the Way to India. So they were making good time. They were staying on schedule and they were just enjoying the time that they spent traveling to India. And Passepartout happens to run into Detective Fix. So he's like, oh, it's so cool to see you here. Where are you going? So he said, well, I'm going to Bombay. I work for an English company there. And he's like making up all this stuff to not make them suspicious, which he thinks they'll be suspicious, but really they're not because they have no idea why everything is happening. 
Passport is saying, well, I hope we at least get to spend some time in India because we're running from one train to boat to another. It's stupid, not to mention the talk of going around the world in just 80 days. So Fix is saying, well, maybe your master's going to perform some sort of secret mission during this trip. And so he's saying this to try to kind of get some information out of about Fogg's plans. So he's like, well, if he's doing that, I have no idea about it. So the Mongolia stops in Arabia to take on some coal. And then on October 20th, only two days ahead of schedule, it sailed into Bombay. And so Fogg gave the captain a handsome reward for giving him those extra two days. And they were sure to be needed to make up for time lost later in the journey. That would probably happen. And here's chapter 10, the last chapter we'll be going over in this episode. Passepartout leaves his shoes behind. So Passepartout and Phileas Fogg, they get off the steamer at 4 o'clock. In four hours, the train would leave Bombay on the west coast of India and would head northeast. So not really caring about the sights along the way, they just head straight to the consult so they can get their visa, their proof that they were there, and then they went to the railroad station for dinner. So Detective Fix, Fix went to the police station, but the arrest warrant hadn't arrived yet, so he was still waiting on that. So Passepartout bought some shirts and socks for Phileas Fogg, and then he wandered into some Indian temples, and he didn't realize that visitors were supposed to leave their shoes at the entrance of these temples, which I didn't know that either. I guess that was a custom they did, but they were supposed to leave their shoes at the entrance. So he entered the building, and then three Indian priests knocked him to the ground and tore off his shoes and were just beating him with their fists. And so... Passepartout leapt to his feet, he knocked over two of the attackers, and was running to escape the third one. And so five minutes before eight, the servant, who was shoeless, dashed into the railroad station and told Phileas Fogg about what had happened. So Fix, who was hiding nearby, overheard the conversation. So he's like, ah, Passepartout has committed a crime in India. That should make it easier for me to arrest his master, because Fogg must be held responsible for his servant's actions. So he only heard part of the conversation, the part about him being attacked. I guess he didn't hear the part about... I didn't know that you weren't supposed to leave your shoes on. And it's just so coincidental how all these things are falling into place. And it's making it look like he really is the one who robbed the bank. When Phileas and Passepartout themselves don't even realize what's happening. Well, that is the end of this week's episode. Make sure to come back next week where we'll go over chapters 11 through 15. And make sure to check out the previous episode if you haven't already, because otherwise you won't really know what's going on in this book. And also, if you like this book so far, make sure to check out the um, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea and also Daughter of the Deep, because 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea was also written by Jules Verne, and then Daughter of the Deep, which was written by Rick Riordan one or two years ago, I think. I did it when it, uh, just a couple months after it came out. Um, that book is inspired by 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. So if you like this book so far, I definitely recommend checking out those seasons, those episodes, so you can get more of his writing and his writing style. So thanks for listening. Make sure to come back next week for chapters 11 through 15, and I'll see you then.